0: Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Did you know I've had my podcast for 15 years? Do you know that it is the most downloaded sports podcast of all time? Did you know I have guests from the sports world, from the culture world, people who work for The Ringer, people outside The Ringer, celebrities, experts, you name it, it's on my podcast three times a week, late Sunday night, late Tuesday night, late Thursday night, The Bill Simmons Podcast. Check it out on Spotify.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.
0: See website for details.
2: Hello and welcome back to Stadio on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Miss. Ponga. <laughs> Ah, ah. keeping me on my toes Uh, i'm ryan hun how are you man ryan how are you doing i'm fine thanks how are you (laughs) yeah i'm good my my cousin's been here this weekend from really lovely just catching up nice yeah yeah yeah. um good times good vibes he's a city fan so obviously he's a oh little a little happier than i am yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah it's different you grew up
2: abroad and you have a different affiliation with sport you know it's different different energies but yeah
3: well you know it's a big weekend for city because that point at villa close the gap at the top of the table
2: yeah isn't that listen who thought we'd be saying that in september yeah um interesting bundesliga more competitive than the premier league but anyway listen <gasps> don't, li- no, don't, no no don't, no I'm don't, a, because you'll get we'll get oh, r.i.p my mentions no i'm only half joking what i will say about this very quickly before we go on is robert Lewandowski was far more decisive in the bundesliga than people give credit and if you take him out of the league, the league looks very different, and it is looking very different already. Actually, another that's a long story short. But I'll just say that. Um, uh, yeah,
3: yeah, we'll mention it a little bit later because we're going to. We will. We'll get into we're that, touch on yep, that briefly. But um, first of all, we hope everyone's staying safe and well. Second of all, don't forget, Righty's House has its own feed now. You can search for Righty's House on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And you and I will be joining Righty this week. Yep. Yep. So that'll be up Wednesday. Other than that, check the dot Check the Stadio Archers plays on Spotify. A couple of people got in touch about Mail Out. It's been ages since we've done one, I know, mm. I know, I know, I know. Bad form on our part, but um, we'll,
2: we'll start it up again soon. Can I just say thank, thanks for your interest? I'm glad, I'm glad people want more content. That's uh, nice to hear at least. Don't use that word. <laughs> don't like that word. You know I don't like
3: that word. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, today we are going to talk about the Stadio Derby. We'll touching on a couple of bits in the Premier League. Unfortunately, we will talk about a bit of VAR, but we'll keep it brief. We'll talk about the Milan derby, and then we'll just wrap up a couple of things, and then we will bounce. So let's get into it after this. do yeah. it.
1: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family friendly, right, all inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the hotels.com app.
3: All right, man, to Old Trafford, yes. where I was to watch Manchester United beat Arsenal 3 1
2: in the Derby Della Stadio. Mm. Do you know what? Um a surprising uh, result and performance, and an interesting indication of where both teams are. You know, this is a weird. This feels like a status quo game in terms of United. Have spent obviously, we've talked about this a lot. You know, an extraordinary amount in the transfer window. Arsenal playing with so much of the style we come to expect early this season, but also unfortunately, the key deficiencies for Arsenal. The things that I feared would be a challenge for Arsenal. Um, manifested again so like what well so the game comes to one all and Arsenal actually looking better I'm like actually Mm -hmm. when Saka equalizes I'm like okay Arsenal should now I think if any team takes this I think it'll be Arsenal to take this and the failure to assert match control in the central area was a concern I think for me Um, and this isn't a criticism of the personnel on the pitch it's more like the game management at one all surprised me like there was at one point, Gary Neville said, "Oh, it could be four or five or one." I'm like, "Hang on a minute!" Like, <laughs> Arsenal, are kind of, yes, United are playing the counter and containment, but for me, at one all, I'm like, I'm envisaging Arsenal to be the likelier winner. So my concern there at that point was, why don't Arsenal assert better match controls? So when there's talk about there's triumphalist talk about it could be three four one, I'm like, okay, look, three one, but like four one five one, I think that's like that's excitable talk. Was he? Did he say that to Arsenal? He said that he could have seen that being United. Oh. Oh, really? Right, 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 Now here's my point. Here's my point about the game. Arsenal started extremely well, then got the goal was disallowed. I I think fairly because I think I think if that foul isn't made, I don't think the ball is turned over like that. I don't think the pass happens right. So I think Arsenal. It's so strange at each point of the game where they feel like they're dominant. United kind of like, almost like sucker punched them, and that was a bit strange for me. Like the context of the game, like it just felt like each time Arsenal felt like they had the upper hand. United asserted themselves in terms of goals, which is obviously great for United. Does that make sense in terms of the match control? It felt like, I mean, I know that United are playing in the counter in a certain style and they were drawing uh, Arsenal in well. It just felt like, I guess, I I mean, I've had in the back of my mind, like how Arsenal's midfield configuration, control tempo and all of that could work. And it felt like at key points, when they had the upper hand, they conceded it. And obviously, like I say, great for United. um, And United just really drew them into gaps, exploited them in wide areas really well, that Anthony Goal was a great example of that. Um, because the parts, the parts when, we were talking about this in the chat, like the parts where Arsenal really asserted themselves well, like Jesus against Martinez and Varane. Oh my it, God, he absolutely like, bullied them well, they were, all they were, day. were, they were a couple of cards like United, let's be honest, a couple of yellow cards like Yeah, light, well, yeah, they really were, yeah. You know, does it make sense? So I just, I felt like, obviously, Van Ten great job in terms of the, the blend of like Ericsson with in the midfield. It was great great to see Rashford looking at the nine that he is and this is the nine that actually PSG were trying to sign in the summer actually because if you look at the play they got mm. Iketico like Rashford is the nine that I think they were looking to develop long term and I think they saw that and rightly so I just felt like I I was I, I suppose I was hoping for more match control from Arsenal at key points really if that's my
0: um,
3: well I think apart from the first 12 minutes they had the match control a couple of times they very much looked like they had their third choice holding midfielder playing well in I didn't, the holding midfielder I, didn't want, I didn't
2: want to say it but that's kind of why no no about no it, but
3: yeah, that's yeah. just the reality there's like sambi Lecongor is a young guy who I think did okay actually I think he did pretty well but there's just a, it's just a couple of that's the difference between beating a team like Manchester United at Old Trafford despite their their problems mm. Arsenal just Arsenal have this weird ability that they just struggled to get over the line at Old Trafford, especially in the league. Mm. I think Sambi played well, actually, but I just think there were a couple of times that, like, because bar the the first 10 or 12 minutes when United were kind of in Arsenal's half, Mm. thinking at that point, you know, if Arsenal get through this period, Mm. they're fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the Martinelli goal happens and actually from that moment the momentum starts to shift. And Arsenal were fine, actually, from that point. Like, in terms of it never felt like Arsenal were hanging on after that. They period. were fine at one all. They were fine
2: they, at one right all 1-0 right.
3: They now. were fine. They were, they were totally fine at one all. And then Bruno Fernandes has one moment in the in the middle of the park where he's free. It was a similar moment actually to the first goal in a sense that he broke through mm. and Gabriel stepped out. Yeah. He plays that amazing pass to Rashford. Yeah. And it's two one. Margins, small margins. Yeah. I was thinking about it afterwards and I was kind of saying that if Arsenal were gonna lose this game, this is actually how to phrase this without sounding like some coping mechanism. Obviously, I wanted Arsenal to win the game. I didn't fully expect them to win the game because they just don't seem to do it at Old Trafford. Mm. In a way, the result can kind of be a win-win for everyone in the long term because Manchester United get their, their fourth win in a row. It's the first time they've done that since, what, 20, 2020? Another statement win to back up the Liverpool win. But for Arsenal, I think it's a very, very big lesson on the next stage of the evolution Mm. so Arteta has been all about gradually raising the level Mm. of of various parts of the squad this was a lesson in not killing off a game that you were actually controlling well exactly because for Gary Neville saying it should have been 5-1 is nonsense actually if anything before Manchester United scored their second Arsenal should have been 3-1 up well exactly and that's the difference so you actually Manchester United deserve a hell of a lot of credit because they weathered that storm and they hit Arsenal twice on the counter-attack and they won the game. We've said this before that this isn't exactly how Ten Hag wants to play. I thought you saw a little bit of how Ten Hag wanted to play actually in the first 10 to 12 minutes with United just dominating the ball, working it wide, cutting back and they open and trying to open Arsenal up a little bit. But I think United were worthy of the win. Like I said, I don't think Arsenal deserved to win the game because they didn't capitalise on their superiority when they had vast sways of the game that they were the superior side.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with all that. And it wasn't even a criticism of Lokonga necessarily. It was more like... No, it's not a criticism, it was, it was, it was, but he's it was, a young guy well, who's, yeah, who's all of a sudden...
3: And the same thing, sorry to cut him, but yeah. the same thing happened last season with him when he got thrown in at the end of the season mm. after not playing football all year. And it was just like, what do you want me to do? Actually, my issue is with the position, recruitment. To be, be honest,
2: I, I'm sorry to be to harp on this, but this is my problem. My issue is it frustrated me that they're light in that area. They're just, they, they, they are, Ryan, they're light. They're light because it's not just about the squad you have on the pitch. It's about the reinforcements you bring in, the subs you bring in and the heft you can, it's just, it's just about all of that. Like, yeah, but few teams have three elite holding midfielders that can play a
3: spe- specific role that the main one has only just about managed to lock down playing.
2: There's value in the mind. Like the role. I mean, we're there's, always, there's, we're always uh, going to uh, disappear. Uh, we're uh, always going to disagree on this because I just feel like they should have three or four players in that space of like seven and a half, eight out of 10 quality. They just should, because they've got that in the yeah, forwards. They do, they've I got think. that in the forwards. I'm not sure they yeah, do. I, think... I don't think they do. In, just in my opinion, just looking at the midfield, look, we've got, we, had, we had, what, McTominay, who was extremely disciplined defensively. Eriksson, I loved what he did a what He offered, I'm surprised that they were as robust as they were, and it's funny, because I think that Ten Hag has worked out. If I'm going to have a defensive player with Casemiro still coming into it, into his own, it's going to be McTominay, because I think those two roles are so clearly defined. And again, like square pegs, square holes, all the rest of it. When Arsenal got that equaliser from Saka, and I was happy for him on a personal level because it's just, it's nice to see him underline his improving form in recent weeks. I was really happy that he scored despite it being against United. I really felt like at one all, I'm like, okay, now assert yourself. Like, from an Arsenal perspective, I was like, assert yourselves at this point. And, yeah. and, they, and, they, and they, di- they didn't. And I'm like, well... Yeah, but that's we agree on that. That's what I said before. I feel like if I'm sort of looking at why they didn't, you couldn't say, well, they lost to you at Old Trafford. But I'm like, you've won your games you're top of the league and this is the type of day, game where you should take away at least a point at least, this is the kind of game yeah, we, but, I yeah, think, yeah. but i don't think but i don't think they, they don't they don't they don't
3: struggle to assert... they don't struggle to take advantage of their control of the game because of because Sambi is playing central midfield they 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 struggle to capitalize on their control of the game because they miss chances they get undone by two counterattacks par, partly down to of Samley, Laconga playing. Uh, not not the just field. him,
2: just also, no, no, it's not just him, it's the but concessions. No, but, I mean, yeah, in ter- yeah.
3: terms of that kind of thing, in terms of your, your recruitment point, mm. like, yeah, I understand it. We kind of talked about it a little bit. We actually cut, I think, a bit about Douglas Louise on the last show because mm. I'm actually like, he, Douglas Louise in his, like his, a player of his his ability going into the last year of his contract isn't worth more than 25 million pounds. Mm. It's just not like, and anyone who isn't really bankrolled mm. No, like they wouldn't pay that money for them. Mm. So I think, in terms of recruitment, with how Arteta wants Arsenal to play this year, mm. Thomas Partey is the starting holding midfielder with Mohamed El Neni coming in as a backup and then Sambi Laconga as a third choice. Mm. Is actually quite a, that's quite deep. But what happens is you get, it's quite, hu- it's quite hard to fathom getting two injuries to the first two in such quick succession mm. and then having to play the third choice from yeah, the jump. It is bad luck. It is so bad luck, yeah. Using Manchester United as a prime example, not many clubs can go out and sign Casemiro and well, watch, no one can, and, right, and bump exactly. his wages to the level that Manchester United have. Yeah. It's not a reality for a lot of clubs, I don't think. So I think the recruitment thing, yeah, Arsenal knew that, but they did that last season with the striker and it might come back to hurt them. But splashing a load of money on uh, a problem that apparently Thomas Partey is weeks away from returning. Mm. Basically what I'm saying is I, th- I can understand, kind of, but I don't think that's why Arsenal lost the game. I think Arsenal lost the game because they didn't capitalise on their moments of superiority, whereas Manchester United absolutely capitalised on the moments that they broke It out. felt very 2009, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, Manchester very... United, the Manchester United break for the tap-in for the third goal very to make it 3-1 yeah. is such a Manchester United-Arsenal moment. Picture. Yeah,
2: you know, actually talking yeah. of Manchester United um, moments, I thought that the opening goal by, well, United's opening goal, Anthony's goal, first of all, the pressure that takes off him, just really happy for him. It was that just little. pure Martial. Yeah, it was pure Martial and also just the, um, all of it, like the, the freedom that Finanx has been given with that defensive midfield access of Ericsson, who is positionally, I think quite conservative in a good way. And McTominay, just the, the difference they bring, it allows, it kind of reminded me, but the financial, way Finanx is playing now in this formation reminds me of Gerard when he had Mascarano and Alonso behind him. He just mm. allowed to roam and be, you know, chaotic in his best way and, um, and break the field. Um, And this, like again, there were were flashes of how we want, how Ten Hag wants United to play. Some of the possession stuff, the ball recycling was great. uh, The passing, the movement. Sancho, I think, still finding his way into this system. Um, All this configuration, fairly surprisingly quiet actually Sancho, I thought, uh, in this game. But just really just to see Rashford's confidence, to see Rashford trusted as a nine, is such a beautiful and exciting thing because we saw him emerge obviously against Arsenal those years ago. And to see him now, like a few years later, looking like he could be something like that player again, was really exciting from United perspective. Just to say as well, the United's fullbacks, I thought, coped really well. Dalot has had, um, Diego Dalla, Diego Dallas had a fair bit of um, criticism. But in this game, I thought really resilient, really impressive. So yeah, United was strong in areas I didn't expect them to be. And caveat being, they have spent an extraordinary amount of money. And at the same time, the cohesion that Ten Hag has brought to these new players in a relatively small amount of time, I think deserves a lot of credit. So yeah, good win for United and Arsenal top by a Um And yeah, just a good, it's an exciting start to the season, man. Like you look at, I was looking at the top, uh, yeah, look at the, the top seven, top eight in this league and going like, damn, like that's going to be an interesting, uh, been interesting like well obviously the world cup's right in the middle of all of this Mm. if you look at the top seven now after like six games and bunching up a bit yes but in a a, a really good way like those teams aren't going to give way easily i don't think i know it's only six games in but already we've seen enough quality from each of those seven teams that it's going to be pretty tight whatever whatever the final order is going to be i think
3: yeah, I think for Manchester United, it's it's key not to get too carried away with their progress after like good results against Liverpool and good result a uh, good result well good results against Liverpool and Arsenal. Mm. It's quite interesting actually that a, defi- a decisive player in those two games has been Rashford, where he's maybe not been as decisive in other games. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think that's 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 the trick now for Ten Hag is to make sure that they they don't drop points against sides that they're expected to win because that's where United will slip up this season. Yes, absolutely. I actually think that like. Having been in Old Trafford for the Liverpool and the Arsenal game now, the atmosphere for the Liverpool game was as loud as I've heard at Old Trafford for ages. It mm-hmm. wasn't quite to that level for the Arsenal game, admittedly, but I think it was a different context. You know, The yes. Liverpool game came off the back of a really poor start. There's a weird thing about playing Arsenal for Manchester United where they kind of just know that Arsenal will probably not roll over, but give it to them a little bit mm. at one point. Is this what makes it frustrating though? Because it's like, for me... Uh, yeah, yeah I think it's frustrating as a fan from a fan point of view like watching the game itself it was a really really fun game yeah, I thought it was for great. a neutral it would have been a super a fun game. game to watch yeah. you know I think we got a a very very short example of exactly what to expect from Anthony mm. some great finish one real moment of brilliance on the right hand side where he heeled between two players to get the ball out for, mm. the, for the cross for Ericsson's thing some really really pointless showboating and <laughs> winding up a load of people, so <laughs> yeah. that's what you're going to get from him mm. this season. Yeah, Manchester United fans are going to love Anthony this season, and literally everyone else is going to hate him. Mm. Is that I think that's good yeah. for Manchester yeah. United at the moment. Mm. I think that they've got, if you actually look through their team, mm. they've got a really, really good balance of some people who like people like Christian Eriksen and Marcus Rashford and Jadon Sancho, who are like I would say, loved by neutrals. Mm. But then they've got people like Cristiano Ronaldo, hmm. uh, Anthony in there, Bruno Fernandes. And they've just got a load of, load of people that are really, really divisive. And I actually think like, if they're going to get out of this, if they're going to get back to the level that they need to be, they need to have a few more like bastards in there. I mean, we've not been short of...
0: We've not been no, short no, no, of... no. But the problem
3: that Manchester United have had over the last few years is that the bastards haven't been that good. Whereas
2: back in the day, the bastards were brilliant. That's interesting. That's a good point, you know. I mean, to be honest as well, like, and I hate to say this, again, we deserve no sympathy because of the amount of resources United have. What I would say is this, there is quality in this, in this squad that has been undercoached. Yeah, yeah, we've said this for years. Even, yeah, even, for even, 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 prior, even prior to the recruitment, this is, and Ten Hag is showing this, the improvement in Rashford is, I think, the singular thing by which you can judge Ten Hag over these last few games because you brought in players, but what he's brought out of existing players is always the mark. Right of mm. a coach that's serious about their business, United will have ups and downs this year, but because they have the money, they can bring in these players. But you know, he's maximising some of that, mm. and that, that's that's great to see. But to take nothing away from from no, Arsenal, don't, from, don't from, take, yeah, but,
3: but no, but like, yeah, so United, great win for United, taking away from Manchester United
2: because they, they yeah. I think
3: they deserve to win. Yeah, actually, because they, like I said before, repeating a point, they ma- they absolutely capitalise on the moments where they got through Arsenal Mm. and Arsenal didn't capitalise on the moments that they had United on the back foot. I think that's right, yeah. That will be the thing that Arteta will say to them, that's the level now. Yeah. And Jesus and Zinchenko, I think, will say, yeah, Yeah. we've done this at Manchester City, we can't do this again. When we're this on top against the Manchester United side at Old Trafford, we have to take advantage and you quiet the crowd down. How many times have I said, though, just people just can't draw the wrong conclusion from a bad result? Anyone who is remotely sensible or watched the
2: game yesterday, Mm. a fan of either side, We'll pull the right conclusions from that. Yeah, well, I think the, the the proper result to draw from this weekend's fixtures is that City are in crisis.
3: Oh, actually, no, no. I, I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to take issue with the fact that Manchester United celebrated like they won the league, and I just don't think that they were allowed to celebrate that much. We we need to do this every week. Do you know the only uh, Celtic? Celtic celebrated like they won the league on the weekend just because <laughs> we, they beat Rangers in the Old Firm derby four 0
2: I mean, big wow. We get sick of ourselves.
3: <laughs> big wow. Um, shouts to Celtic on that. Yeah, buddy. it's huge. Big win. big, big yeah. win in the Wild. derby.
2: Let's wrap up some Premier League stuff. Yes. For the rest of like Everton nil, Liverpool nil. Oh my uh, god, the goalkeepers in this were unbelievable. There's a lot of talk about Pickford, but I think Alisson's save late on is. Out of this, it changes direction or it takes like two deflections on its way to the top corner. Like it's, it, it was a beauty. I'm like, man, he did some serious work. So yeah, nil-nil. Um, Liverpool having a, mm, a traditional start to the season. I mean, still plenty to go, but
3: yeah. Klopp said something amazing after this game where, because <laughs> it's their worst start in like eight years, right? Or something. Mm. And uh, Klopp was like, well, what's that? Nine points from six games? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a dream start. The way he said it, his face when he he said it, I was just like, oh, it's just such a cloppism. Yeah, yeah. Just the way that he said it. But
2: I think Liverpool will be fine. It's going to be a long season, man. Long season. Lots of drop points. Lots of drop points. People have come out really fighting in this division. Like, it's when you see Spurs beat Fulham 2-1 at home and you're like, oh, good result, Spurs. Like, you're like, you're not going, yeah, expected result. You're like, good result. Because these teams are really pugnacious. Like, Fulham came and beat Brighton. Like, that's a big deal. Like, Fulham beat Brighton is like, Whoa, like awesome result. Like because Brighton are like, Brighton are really about it this year. So it's a really, it's competitive early on. I hope it continues. So got to give a shout to Ivan Tony for a brilliant hat-trick, brilliant hat-trick and a wonderfully petty comment on Twitter about, ah, you dropped me from your fantasy league. How do you like me now? Which I thought was amazing because it was both simultaneously very, very small time and very, very big time. I loved it so very much. Pl- very plugged in. Yeah, I loved it so much. Like, extremely, thought, extremely online. Extremely online. And I loved, I loved to see it. I'm very happy for him. Can we just talk about the goals though from Tony? Yeah, of course. Of course. Because the third one. Francesco Totti style. That's like incredible.
3: The composure. The composure.
2: Yeah. Oh. There's a goal that Totti scores against. It's slightly different, but he scores it against uh, Milan in a 3-0 where he goes around the keeper and there's two men on the line. He bends at the outside of his right foot into the top corner. Yeah. And this is a bit different, but like, Again, keeper's exposed, and Tony's like got two players to take out, and he's like, no problem. Just floats it. It's such a beautiful goal. There's a there's a subgenre of goals where
3: players have gone around the keeper, and players have got back onto the line, and they just can't do anything about yeah. it.
2: Masterclass. It's a masterclass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think
3: I might maybe I'm being biased here, but I think Kanu at Stamford Bridge, yes, would be up there for one of the most elite because the. <laughs> And
2: I want to add one to mine, uh, Romario against Bucharest in the... Uh, oh my God. Yeah, the one when he goes around the keeper, and just like, he dummies everyone. And by the end, there's like three players. There's two defenders and like a third just lying on the ground and just, they're ruined. They're ruined.
3: Actually, it's funny you said that because the other day someone put, I think it was the anniversary of Mesut goal yeah.
2: against Lidder Yes. And the I'm, one where he just
3: kept sending people into like it was like he was tormenting them and kept sending them through multiverses over the
2: border. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> or through the mult—I I suppose the multiverses. Special multiverses. No, through different through no, multiverses, I multiverses. I contain multiverses. I contain multiverses. The thing about the Premier League at the moment is that week to week it always throws up something wild. So Newcastle Palace was nil nil. There was a wild, wild VAR decision in this game, but we'll talk about it in a little bit. Also wild was Nottingham Forest cruising at halftime against Bournemouth going 2-0 up and Bournemouth coming back and winning 3-2. Gary O'Neill, I'm going to do a Rio Ferdinand, give him the deal. Just give <laughs> him the deal. <laughs> give him the deal. He's
2: unbeaten. He's unbeaten. Yeah, shout out to Bournemouth. That's a great bounce back for them, isn't it? It's an
3: unbelievable bounce back.
2: Just those last those couple of games, real spirit. Yeah. yeah. Um, Spurs beat Fulham
3: 2-1 and had a couple of goals chalked off for offside decisions. But we're good value for it again, and Spurs. Yeah, very much so. Spurs in the first half were really, really good. And uh, someone tagged us in a tweet where someone was talking about Ben Tankor not getting enough love by rival fans. And, and someone replied saying, uh, "Let me just chat them out." It was uh, Maiken who said uh, Oquendo talks about how great he is pretty much every time Tottenham is mentioned on Stadio.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> I love him. But also like, you don't want a play. If He's you're a Spurs He's a really fan, good player. You don't want, if you, listen, if Bentancourt is your player, you don't want rival fans loving him. It's not the yeah, point. It's not, mid- you, you, the, not why you bought him. your midfield go under the radar. It is also, the best kind of midfield. Yeah. Also, it's Bentancourt. You don't want him getting the love. Like, I'm not here for that. I'm here to be your, <laughs> your I'm here to be your super villain. <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> um, I think what you're seeing at the moment as well, five changes for Spurs. So there's a really good example of the newfound depth that they have there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, Still not fully, fully firing. I think they were no. probably a little bit better in this game because they created a lot more and they probably should have been out of sight, to be honest. Mm. But um, yeah, still unbeaten
2: as are Manchester City, who missed a lot of good chances against Villa. They missed a lot of chances. That's the thing, they really. did. They did miss a lot. Mares in particular.
3: Erling Holland scored, though, and is currently on course to score 62 goals this it's season absurd. in the Premier League. It's absurd. It's no, it's absurd. 63, sorry. Apologies. I have crunched
2: the numbers. It's absurd. This is the, thing, this is the wild thing about that. You know what is wild about that, right? I don't think he will, but he well, could. No, 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 no. But here's he the thing. He could. I, exa- yeah. Exactly. I don't think he will, but he could, and that's the point. I don't think he's going to score six goals in a Premier League game this season, but he could. That's the yeah. thing. That's he could the score thing. ten goals in the and game. He won't, but he could. That's the he thing. Won't. Yeah. He, yeah. This is. But this <laughs> is
3: the, like I said. If 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 he wins the Golden Boot with sixty three goals and Mitrovic is second with twenty eight. I'd be like, this is wild, but it's actually not surprising. Well, I was
2: talking, I was talking to my cousin about this this weekend. I was saying the thing about, you know, Steph Curry and basketball was he changed basketball because the moment he crosses half court, you're not safe. Now the thing about Erling Haaland and what he's doing, what he's done in like his time in the Champions League and Dortmund. And now Erling Haaland has created a level of jeopardy that did not exist before for a lot of people. Mm. You know, and these players come along every so often, you know, you had it with Messi, you had it with, um, in different ways, of course, Brazilian Ronaldo, you know, Thierry Henry, George Weah, certain players that come along and they make a part of the game frightening in a way that it wasn't. In the same way that like, you know, you know when pressing, aggressive pressing really started and all of a sudden centre-backs were like, it's not safe here anymore. (laughs) It's not safe in front of the back four anymore. And I think Holland has created, you know, he's created that jeopardy that we love to see. It's good vibes. And actually talking of jeopardy, shout out to Brighton.
3: We're not going to talk about Coutinho's Goal, not goal.
2: We can talk about it, but I just think. Or that should we do it in the VAR? You, I think. Let's do it in the VAR. We'll do the VR chat. So I just want to say for Brighton, like 5 2 over Leicester, and just all oh, the extra are going in, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. <laughs> if you look at their bench, even, they had Lamptey on the bench, Undav on the bench. Lamptey, these, people, these players not coming on till late, like the depth that Brighton have got is like just really solid squad. They were so really good. good squad. And building. they were 1 yeah. 0 down. Yeah,
3: right. A goal before yeah, yeah. A thrashing, booster. Goal before thrashing. Uh, Wolves beating Southampton 1-0. Another tight game for Wolves. I thought Southampton were really good in this game. A little bit unlucky not to get anything from it. But, um, all right. There were some massively wild decisions in the Premier League this weekend. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I've wrote a few down. Mondi and Bowen in Chelsea West Ham to deny West Ham a last-minute equaliser. Uh, Aston Villa's winner, which was, uh, Coutinho was blown early for offside but mm. he wasn't offside and he mm. stuck the ball in the top corner off the bar. People had stopped playing kind it, of It looked yeah. like
2: Edison had stopped a little bit but you never know, I think Yeah, you, still... don't, you don't know, you're right um, I mean that was a bit of a stretch, I think, I think he was, he was clearly onside, I just think that people seem to have like slowed down after the whistle was gone. I, I think, look, like I say, I'd be aggrieved if I was a Villa fan because it was a, it was a bad decision I, well, a wrong decision, a wrong decision that
3: Um. Mitchell pushing Joe Willock into uh Vicente Guaita for Palace,
2: yeah. This was a yeah, I didn't get
3: this in for Newcastle. Well, sorry, in the Newcastle Palace game, and the goal being disallowed for a foul on the goalkeeper and Brighton's uh McAllister's unbelievable first goal. Well, the first goal was it his first goal? Yeah, the, the, the first one he's the allowed. Yeah. And then he
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and it got ruled out for being, for something that was so
2: spiritually onside. Yes.
3: No, but here's the funny um, thing,
2: we saw Justice, didn't we? We the did see then then he scored an, he an, an absolute just banger. Smashed one in the top corner. Like yeah, yeah. I'm leaving here with something. He was like, I'm leaving here with yeah. something. Like I'm leaving yeah. here with yeah.
3: one <laughs> I posted a picture on, on Twitter of the pathway that all the souls go on to the Great Beyond or wherever it is in, in <laughs> soul, the movie. Yeah, And I was just like, that is where all the beautifully
2: disallowed spiritual onside goals go to. A multiverse. They're in a multiverse somewhere in another just universe.
3: All those goals are going in, aren't they? I didn't notice that, that when I posted it, the actual one that's in the foreground is the cat. <laughs> 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 what a movie. Can we just shout out Soul, the movie, by the way? Shout it's unbelievable. It's a genuinely Trust. unbelievable movie. Anyone who hasn't seen it, please go and watch it. Everyone's talking about VAR and we tend to repeat the same thing that we talk about with VAR. in that we have always had a huge amount of sympathy for referees because reffing football matches especially at this level, especially at this speed is extremely difficult. Yes. However, the thing that tests our sympathy is the fact that now referees do have the tools in order to correct the mistakes that they may miss in real time. And this is where this <laughs> I'm getting a little bit confused to the point where, I'm actually like you might as well just bin it off to be honest. It's got to the point now where it's so misused that if it's not actually there for doing the thing it's supposed to do, then you might as well just get rid of it. I think
2: there's going to be noise with the VR as VRs there or not. This yeah, is there they totally will be. Yeah, but I, I just think... I just think but just, look, shit's real when the PGMOL has come out and
3: said, we got those two wrong.
2: Yeah, but is the problem the technology or this a human error? Just get better officials. Look at old VAR. It's not old at all. It's not old at all. There's a generation of people who've had to switch lanes in terms of their conception of football, right? There's a new generation of people coming up who've seen VAR as part of the landscape and they're attuned to it and they know what to look for and the decision making is attuned to that level of, and they're just just bringing new officials, bringing people who, I just think that it's human error. I mean, not to be, I'm not trying to diminish anyone's, yeah.
3: They should every game when they're introducing stuff at the beginning, and they'll be like, "And our guest VAR this Thank week you. is Thank Musa Kwanga," and it'll cut to Thank Stockley you. Park, and it'll just be like, you know, when like a guest is backstage on a, on like Graham Norton or something, yeah, you know, Musa giving the thumbs up to the camera, <laughs> and then if you have to make a VAR decision, it cuts to you as you've made the decision, and Musa's just looking to the camera, being like, doing his little like smirk and shimmy. I'd what? love nothing more. I'd love what? nothing more. To be honest, if you were the head of the PGMOL, you'd make it mandatory for, for referees to go out and explain every decision every week. But I've
2: always just... said, I've always said this to you anyway. I've always wanted to be a VAR official and give a controversial decision and have him kicks down the door of my dressing room. Oh, well, he's in there. And it's actually not. I'm broadcasting a different location with a VPN. I was never in there. We missed him. How do we miss I just, him? I just, I just, cack, I just cackling. <laughs> but yeah, I just think, look, the VAR, I think, is fine. It's the application. It's the application.
3: Yeah, they need to figure it out though because... They do, they do. It takes too long to make decisions that don't really need to be made. Actually, like, literally no one would have moaned if McAllister's goal had stood yesterday. No. The Christian Eriksen foul from Martin Nardegor is a tricky one because I don't, I, I don't think it's clear and obvious to overrule... Because he looked at it for ages, but I do think it was the right decision. Does that make I, sense? I, I think that's. Completely, so I think that's yes. in its own little sub Yes, genre. yes,
2: that's that's fair. That's completely fair. Yeah, I hate to say it, but I think these are still teething problems. I just think VAR is still, still relatively in what, new. What, four years. Yeah, it's, yeah. But look, what we had prior to that. The concept. No, Stadio's was, less. Yeah, is but that cons- younger than VAR. Stadio's younger
3: than VAR. Oh, yeah. So we got still got so
2: many teething are problems. Are we really? Compa- <laughs> are we really? Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> there he is. Do you know <laughs> what? I think exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Mm. Ha, 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 Do you know what? Yeah. Three st- years in and I'm th- three years in and I'm
3: thinking of binning it off. Stadio is exactly using, like VAR. Using stadio as a benchmark. <laughs> stadio is exactly like VAR. I if just, just using, want to be- just spin it all. Using stadio as a benchmark of order. I just never used never use Stadio as a benchmark for anything apart <laughs> from bad life decisions. Bad
2: life choices.
3: <laughs> so how bad was this life choice on a like one to ten Stadios? Oh God. <laughs> wow. We should give ourselves the catfish of the year award and then just never do another podcast. Always we're not telling fish. anyone that we're leaving. We're always not doing anything. Always the catfish. It's gone.
2: Always the catfish. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I just think make better decisions. Have better, yeah. Just well, more accountability. Yeah, that's it. That's is it. it VAR or is it life advice from It's Ruiz always Just it's make always, better decisions. I'd love to be a VAR official. I'd love it. I'd love it. Yeah, I know you would because we all know why. I would love it to be revealed in my will oh, by the way, you know that official, and just like, just completely do it anonymous. And then like, in my will, be like, oh, you know those decisions? That was actually him. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. So that's our VAR chat. We're done.
3: Make better decisions. That was where we got to with that.
2: That's my view on it.
3: Anyway, let's take a break and then we will talk
0: about some other
2: stuff. To the break, to the break.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.
3: Alright, man. Do you know where we're going now, though? We're going to Milan because it was the Derby della Madonnina this weekend. And it was unbelievable. Milan coming from behind to beat you, uh, beat Juve, to beat Inter 3-2, thanks to two unbelievable goals from Rafael Liao and then Olivier Giroud crunch, crunch goal. Gorgeous game of football, this. It was an unbelievable game. Gorgeous game um, of football. First time that the Derby Della Madanina has contained the previous two title winners in a decade. How's that? Lovely stat. Literally 10 years. 2012 was the last Derby where both of them had won the last two Scudettos, which I
2: thought was quite a nice I little love that. symmetry. I love that stat. But you know, I love him on that stat. This game. Oh. Yes. You see that segue? The segue into the action. This game was... It's funny. So, um, Milan actually started fairly well, but Inter took the lead and even the way they did it, the patience of Inter, the way they played out, like, you know, that's, that's the way they want to play, right? They, they played out with such confidence and they had this thing where the two, um, forwards, Correa and Altar Martinez, who actually was strangely quiet in this game, split Brozovic, cut between them, ran on, and it was one nil. And thereafter, what Milan did, Milan immediately put a clamp on the midfield. Benassa, in particular, unbelievable. Benassa and Tonali. Tonali was very good towards the end of last season and he's continued that ascent. And they were so wise to hold on to him. Actually, they had offers, um, Milan, for Tonali and Rafael Leal. You know, we'll get to him again in a moment. But the way that Milan closed down Inter, Inter couldn't play out. And this is the thing. Mm. This is the one criticism. If you've got one style of play, Inter, obviously, their thing was, they very rarely went long. Handanovic went long once or twice, but fundamentally their instruction was to play out. And they would do that either through the middle or down the wings. And he plays in pretty bold passes, but Chalinole makes a mistake for Liao. Um, he makes a mistake, Tanali runs onto it, he plays a square pass across the box, Tanali runs onto it, lays it off for Liao, who finishes beautifully. But like that misplaced pass was the culmination of like 15 minutes of pressure, right? Mm. Like, because they just couldn't get options. He was thinking, got to pass, got to find someone instead of going long down the line, which he probably should have done. But the, the way that like Milan kind of had them, Milan caught them in like a bear trap. Milan just absolutely clamped so everything. Good. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Every option, every angle, closed off, closed off. And just, just shout to Stefano Pioli because we look where this man was. This man almost lost his job for Rangnick a few years ago. And I keep saying I this because you look at sliding doors moments in football, but the run of form that Milan went on when they were going to give it the chop. They were going to give him the chop at Milan. And what he's brought from this team now, look at all these players who've emerged now to whose development they owe, to whose development, like, they owe him. Mm. Liao, Kalulu, Tomori. There are so many players that look at go, like without this guy, we don't become what we are. Uh, but I also think that the Milan hierarchy deserve a
3: lot of credit of course, for going back on yeah, that decision. it would have been really easy not to. Oh, very easy. Very easy. Um. I mean we've talked about purely numerous times on the show. Yeah. We're huge fans. Musa loves the fact that he wears a roll neck quite a Listen, lot as
2: well. In my bag. I even like um, the, they even narrowed the stripes in the kit. I mean, like, this team is just is moving the direction I want them to move in. <laughs> oh um, yeah, you did that, did you? I did. <laughs> no. <laughs> I accepted it. I was like, no stripes. That. One thing I want to say about this game as well, because we're going to talk about Jiru as well and Liao in a moment. This is a yeah. classic example of moments in games where people can win the battle but lose the war. So Scriniar mm. wins the battle of comedy in the first half with Giroud, like a bit of play acting after Giroud catches him high and Scriniar really indulges it and Giroud is very agitated by it. But when it comes to the game's decisive moment, the her goal for Giroud, Scriniar is nowhere to be seen. It's so interesting. It's a classic example of like Always pay attention. Took his rattle and skedaddled. Absolutely, he took it. <laughs> to, quote, to quote MF Doom. Yeah, quote the Doom. The great the great MF Doom, like MF, MF Giroud. MF Giroud at the, center, at the near post, <laughs> Liao cuts in beautifully from the flank and then plays this ball and it's funny because Giroud's just in space. Mm. You've got three centre-backs and none of them are within five yards of Giroud who's pulled away to like top of the box and just turns angles, cushions, some would say scuss, but kind of cushions a great low shot into the corner. So for that's the 2-1 and then Liao's goal. So good. This man gets the ball out on the inside, in the second half, gets the ball in the oh. inside, um, inside right position, inside left position with two defenders on him. Does the, does the elastico on one and then pushes it past with the left foot, just pure acceleration. So like almost a kind of trn re against Zanetti type vibe mm. um, where you start with skill, then you end up with speed and just accelerates and then just rips the ball into the double, in the bottom right. Almost like a training ground finish. He does it with such a calmness. It reminds me of a kind of like like turn of the century Del Piero, that kind of thing, or a Tyrion Reed like against Zanetti, that like same sort of energy of like there are two defenders on me and it's already over. Um, so he's been spectacular and apparently there was a huge offer made uh, by Chelsea for him. And it says a lot for Milan, A, that they had the kind of financial heft to resist that bid, but B, that they were like, they allowed Pioli to keep the squad together, for Pioli to be like, actually, what I'm building here, you can't get this. If you sell this guy for like hundred million, you can't get him mm. back to this level for another two, three years, because he's like a singular talent. And, you know, Carl was saying in the chat this morning, like, oh my goodness, what a player's like. Yeah, like people I think are seeing it because the problem that Serie A has had, the perception problem is that because there's so many more goals in Serie A now, I think sometimes attacking players get a bit devalued that come out of that league. Um, I think if Aussie had come to the Premier League for example there would have been a question over is he really that guy but like we can safely say they are that guy they are those guys yeah man they are those guys yeah
3: staying in Serie A Mm. quickly Napoli remain top on goal difference Atalanta are playing
2: this evening I believe Udinese with a 4-0 over Roma that was a bit of a surprise yeah to go into the top four
3: the top four currently stands as Napoli, Milan
2: Atalanta, Udinese it will never not be weird watching a Marino team being thrashed.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah. Juve dropping more points. They drew it at Fiorentina. Um, uh, That's three draws in their last four games for Juve. They're unbeaten this season, but... To what end? They aren't great to watch, I'm not going to lie. And in the Bundesliga, Freiburg... A cooking... Coming from behind to beat Leverkusen three two in Leverkusen, and are top of the
2: Bundesliga in September. Love to see it. Can I say shout out to Hudson Adore with the assist for Leverkusen? Though, yeah, he Love, did lovely, come lovely on, assist. Yeah, got an assist. assist. Um, Bayern drew one all
3: at Unión. Unión with very and good value for this draw. Unión were really good. There was a really good piece that Rafa Honigstein wrote for the Athletic. Actually, shouts to Rafa. I bumped into I bumped into him twice at Old Trafford. Oh, awesome! In two weeks, how nice is that? have to hear it Shouts to Art de Roche as well who I bumped into for the first time met him for the first time at Old Trafford Union do you know what the thing about this game is that this result isn't a surprise anymore no it's not not at all and this is a sign of the job that Urs Fischer has done at Union is that drawing one all with Bayern at home isn't actually massively newsworthy in a way for Union and this is on the week that they're about to embark on the European adventures it's Europa League at Union this is a side that was in the Zweite Bundesliga just a few years ago, you know, and hasn't progressed to the, in Europa the Oberliga in two thousand and six in the Oberliga, yeah, and is that hasn't that progressed to the the Europa League in the same way that RB Leipzig did after they got promoted. Do you know what I mean? It's not that it's not that kind of bankrolling, organic growth, yeah, building a culture at a club that can really go up and cause problems against the big boys, much in the same way that Freiburg has in, in a slightly different way. But the fact that Union and Freiburg are in the top four, yes, it will probably change. Yes, it might normalise a little bit, but. It doesn't really matter, actually, because mm. there was so much talk at the beginning of the season about, you know, after Bayern beat Eintracht. But as we've seen in the Premier League, you know, like teams will beat teams by huge margins. And I don't know, man, we've
2: already had a big defence of the Bundesliga, so we don't need another one. Well, it's but, actually, I just think but it's actually so, such a fun league to watch, man. In footballing terms, just interesting to some certain things to mention. So Muller starting on the bench for the first time in about a year. And Musiala mm. coming in as a 10. That felt, that felt significant. Um, the guard vibes. Yeah. Uh, How long before Musiala gets a Real Madrid bid? That's oh, what don't, I... Don't even, yeah, don't even joke. That's coming. Uh, leveling, leveling, he had a brilliant, uh, great efforts. For half an hour, he was superb. And only, a, only an outstanding save from Neuer stopped Union going ahead in this game. Geraldo Becker, again, just brilliant as a forward. He's got five goals this, uh, this season already in, in, um, in the Bundesliga. Just so much quality. Trimmel as well. There's a beautiful moment. Trimmel has um, a corner, and Nagelsmann brings everyone back for Bayern in the box. And the commentator goes, "A sign of respect." Like that's <laughs> that's how much yeah, it's like, that's how much Nagelsmann respects um, uh, Trimmel set pieces. So just so many great moments like where Union are like showing out. And it was funny because my cousin uh, Moni and I we bumped into um, uh, an Union fan. Because we, we, we were catching, my, so my local team, SSC Inter, shout out to them, they had a 3-1 win against Weissensei, first game of the season. We watched that game, so had to watch the uh, Union game back. We bumped an Union fan at that, you know, that really nice uh, falafel place in the corner near Oskarys. And um, we were talking and she was just so happy. She said the balance of play was great. It wasn't like we were just like pegged in. Yeah, they had possession, but it was even in terms of the way we played. And you could see such an excitement about, you know, we weren't just counter punching. We played some football. Mm-hmm. We put some really good passing sequences together. So just a really happy vibe at the moment for, for Union. Um, and what I love, I love what it says for the league because look, Mane's been a great acquisition for Bayern. I love their fluidity with him. I would also say this, Lewandowski really was a bit of a cheat code in ways that it's difficult to explain. It's difficult to explain- when You're seeing it at Barcelona. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. The, the impact of an individual player on the league was extraordinary. Like, you know, like what Benzema did, you know, you know that, that when, uh, when, um, when Real came second to Madrid, when they won that time, two years ago, Benzema was so extraordinary that season that he dragged them to a title race. Madrid had no right going into the last game of the season, still with the chance to win the title. That was Benzema. Lewandowski's performed a similar thing for Bayern. Without him in that team, there's a couple of championships I think that go elsewhere during that run, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, maybe especially that one where Dortmund came back from the the break quite a far ahead because
2: there right. were also
3: just times in in the or even when, in, when
2: yeah Kovac Kovac when he dragged yeah. it to, when Kovac you know Kovac there and and Lewandowski kept them in the uh, kept them in the fight for yeah. Christmas. So anyway, just with that said, um, we can probably bounce to La Liga. Well, no, speak, no, no, yes. no, we
3: can't because you mentioned Nico Kovac and he has had a not a good start to life in Wolfsburg. Um, oh, they yeah. lost four two at home to. But we need to give Köln a shout as well because they've been great. I mean, Stefan Baumgart and his magic flat cap, it's unstoppable. But Wolfsburg are in the bottom three, they're next to bottom and they are winless so far. They're only one of three, no, sorry, four winless sides in the Bundesliga. quite (laughs) It's brilliant that one of the winless sides in the Bundesliga is 12th and that's Stuttgart who have drawn four and lost one. Also, shouts to Eintracht Frankfurt as well who hammered RB Leipzig 4-0 on the weekend. And again, Leipzig struggling. They are struggling. Um, Veda Bremer beat Bochum 2-0 and
2: are doing all right,
3: man. They're yeah. in eighth. Not a wild well surprise, that result. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, let's go to La Liga very quick. Yes. Real Madrid, I think, are the only side now with 100% record in Europe's top five leagues remaining. However, I would like to give some props to Villarreal, who beat Elche 4-0 on the weekend and are yet to concede a goal in the league this season.
2: I love that. you know, not Henry, man. Yeah, yeah. Adding that some goals goes. to the defensive heft. One, that, just a quick shout here. Um, Barcelona only got the 3-0 win, but I want to shout out uh, Kunde, actually. That He's man great. is looking like a serious acquisition.
3: at Right back as well.
2: Yeah, I'd love to see it. Two assists, too. Is Hector going to play? Gonna play? <laughs> He'll get games. They'll put him back inside, I think. I,
3: well, I think, I think, yeah, I think Kunde eventually ends up central. Yeah, I think so. And I think Hector plays right back. Yeah. But it's really good to have that versatility across the bat line because it's been tricky for Barca for a while.
2: Yeah, yeah, I love it. Lewandowski just running things, running things yeah. up front. Also,
3: shouts to Martin Brathwaite for this goal against Athletic Club. It was absolutely unbelievable. And just, what a narrative. Yes. <laughs> just you
2: know, so much narrative. Like, narrative. he scores in the derby, that's the narrative.
3: Sid Lowe said, uh, Ronaldo Compostela vibes. <laughs> we love to hear it. We love to see it. Uh, you mentioned Barca they beat Sevilla 3-0 but Sevilla are in, I'm worried about Sevilla man I am worried they are 16th they have yet they are yet to win a game they've drawn one and lost three of their opening four games in the league Yeah they're in trouble uh, I am very very worried about them Real Madrid as we mentioned they won again they beat Betis 2-1 on the weekend um, to maintain their 100% record um, anything else you want to shout oh do you know what we need to shout out finally. Chicharito's last minute oh, penalty goodness. to win the game for LA Galaxy. And he attempted a Penenka. It did not go well. And as I mentioned in the Writers' House group, I
2: applaud the intent, but I wasn't wild about the execution. I'm not sure I applaud the intent. Do you know why I don't? Because if you told me, Oh, by the way, oh, Chicharito's about to take a Penenka. I'd be like, oh, he shouldn't do that. Do you know why? Because yeah, yeah, he's, would... he's not been that guy. He's not been that guy. I agree. Thank you. If, if Guti, if he was like, oh, Guti's taking a Penenka. Well, do you know what? That's Guti. If someone said, guti has got a penalty in the
3: final minute of the game to win the game, mm. and he's actually decided that he's going to do a roly-poly and then a backheel Penenka. Yes. I'd be like, this is, this is a really
2: solid plan. This is of a co- solid, because- solid plan. It, I go further I think it's a responsibility <laughs> it's almost a responsibility you know, <laughs> you know I call that I call that I call that growth I call it like growth <laughs> but Chicharito <laughs> taking the last minute Penenco i like no you're not you're not that guy yeah um, can we just applaud the Spanish commentary on this please Javier Chicharito Hernández va por su hat Chicharito <laughs> 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 no,
1: no, no
3: the fact that he goes to say and then just stops
2: yes incredible
3: incredible (laughs) Incredible I think we need to figure out a a new stadio award just so we can give that an award this year
2: <laughs> uh, do that you know, reminds me of. Do you, he reminds me of. Do you know that, <laughs> you know that time when, when Pep goes to watch? Um, he goes to watch like goes to watch Barcelona against Man City yeah. with all like, and he's up in the crowd and he's watching like Messi, with all no, this makes mates, <laughs> Messi yeah. Up makes yeah. Milner. Messi that makes Milner like that dude. Do that. I don't know. Uh, Pep's mate. I don't cruel. know who it is. <laughs> he just throws his head back and howls. It's like cruel. That. Ah, ah, it's ah, cruel. Ah, 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 um, I think we leave it on that though no,
3: huh? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, much love, everyone. We hope everyone's safe and well. Don't forget to check Ray's <laughs> house up on Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> God, I need to get Musa out of here. Sorry. Don't forget to check the Stadio play playlist on Spotify. Speak of the Witch. Play now on. This is a big one. You'll recognize the sample. The Ponderosa Twins plus one. Bound. Anything else you want to add, Musa? Longer? Nothing further. Nothing further. Lovely. All right, then, everyone. Much love. We'll be back on Thursday. See you then.